Chi Chat by Chi Chart. This is Chi Chat by Chi Chat. We've got Andrew on from the Cryo King. He works across the road from our podcast studio, and I've been in the tank. I'm a real sporto. I love it. I'm ex-Victorian Institute of Sport. I found some good benefits for me. And, yeah, I think everything he's doing is amazing, good work. And I know that he's he's met Wim Hof. I have. Who is super cool. How would you have met Wim Hof? I was pretty fortunate, actually. I got to travel quite a bit. And um, I got to spend a week with him in uh, basically his, his retreat, if you like. He's got a, a bit of a health centre that he runs over in Poland. I went there in January 2020 before all this rubbish hit the world. Yeah, I got to spend a lot of extreme experiences with him, jumping through the ice, swimming in the in the water, doing uh, hikes in a blizzard in your board shorts. Jeez, what was your journey like before that, Andrew, to take you to that place where you go, oh, I would like to hang out with Wim Hof? Like, what did your life look like before? Uh, look, I've done a, a fair few things in my life, but prior to that, probably the main thing which kind of drew me more to that was I, I was in the real estate industry. I was elite at that. I was very good at it. And How, modest. Very modest, like most real estate agents. Yeah. If you're good, you'll tell people. But it's the, true. the thing which I was always doing was I was... <laughs> Everyone's bored of me telling them. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking that his flow, well, when he says he was really yeah. good at it, I'm sort of thinking, are you sure? Maybe totally. you thought you were because your flow, really, it's interesting. You actually have a beautiful water combination that feeds your wood day stem. So what Anything you that favor- feeds my wood day stem, <laughs> I'm all for. So water, and we're talking what's cold, frozen water. Frozen water. You're actually I- following your flow in doing the cryotherapy. I feel, I feel yeah. so. Like when I say I was good at it, I, I was in the Rain and Horn Network, which is well known throughout Australia. Mm. And for four years running, I was the number one sales agent nationally for number of sales. Well, that's pretty as good. As well as options. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's that. pretty- so I, was, I was elite. I spoke on the, at, on the real estate circuit, the... Um, ARIC call, uh, the ARIC conference, which is on the Gold Coast. It's the, the largest real estate conference in the Southern Hemisphere. I did that, did a lot of coaching through the industry. Still got contacts now that I help out, even in Newcastle currently. It's fun. I enjoy it, you know. Um, well, wood does it. control earth, but mm. I would say that you're much happier doing what you're doing now. I am, and, and that's kind of what took me to it because I, I'd got to that level. I'd run my own business. I had staff. I had all those sorts of things, and, you know, you, you kind of um, – you have all the ego which comes with it, with success. And and the difficult thing is when you get to that point, you, you become a target. So it's the whole tall poppy thing, you mm-hmm. know, and, and constantly living up to that huge expectation of yourself and then others and then of an industry. Um, didn't even realise it, but it was you know, slowly taking a toll. But a lot of my friends, and we've got listeners all over the world with Chijet now, but a lot of them who live overseas, especially in places like America, they go, oh, this is something I just can't come back to Australia because can't stand that mentality, you know. Mm-hmm. One of my good friends who lives in LA says, you know, even if someone falls down in America and they pull themselves back up, everyone goes, well done, mate. You so know what I mean? They really do support yeah. success mm. over there in the States. Yeah, and, and, and acknowledge and it and celebrate it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true, true capitalism, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, operating that level, I was always looking for hacks. You know, like, how, how can I find an extra minute here? How can I, uh, even down to, to the point where I was having so many conversations a day, I'd make 100 phone calls before 1 p.m. So I'd, my first phone call would go out at 7.30 Jeez. in the morning, I'd make 100 before 1, and then I'd have a point. Even when you were 
up the chain. Yeah, that, that's how you get up the chain. Yeah, okay. yeah 100 calls. Because, wow. because you've got to have the discipline to do mm, these things. Yeah. And, and then I'd be in people's homes face-to-face at 1 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock, and I'd do that six days a week. Yeah. So what I ended up doing is how can I actually hack this? How can I get more efficient, even down to the point where I would constantly be analysing my conversations on the phone to reduce it by one word? Jeez. Because one word over a hundred conversations is a hundred words. That's crazy. It, it wow. really is. And, and then I'd hack my food. So instead of eating, you know, when I first was getting into this level, I was an amateur boxer. So I was eating six small meals a day. And I'm just like, that takes a lot of time. <laughs> so then I, so cut back, then I cut back to three meals a day. Yeah. And then I'm like, that yeah. takes a lot of time. So then I tried intermittent fasting. Mm. So two meals a day. And then I went, I'm just going to do it eat once a day you know so yeah. I was, I'd try all these different things yeah. to get time because ultimately for me at that stage of my life time was money and money was my priority it's that mm. simple so that eventually took a toll but all those different things I was hacking you know looking at health how to stay at peak performance all the time mindset physical recovery better sleep deeper quality sleep because mm. I, I didn't sleep a long time but I had deep sleep yeah, yeah I find that being off the booze totally. I'll, I'll have like really deep sleep yep. and i don't need to have it for as long like this morning you know i went to bed at what nine or ten i don't know and got up at 3 a.m bright as a daisy i was totally. bouncing off the walls like did heaps of work yoga steaming and yeah but if i'm drink it doesn't matter how much but then this i need heaps more that's disruptive sleep yeah. the quality you, is making, very poor that. when you drink mm. but you had six hours so good solid six hours at yeah. nine till nine till three. Yeah, I wake up at three o'clock in the morning if I go to bed at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, do you? Yeah. I didn't. Mm. I went to bed at nine. I didn't get up till five. <laughs> do you know what? I'm a little no sleep. Alcohol. I'm a sleep pig. I love it. I'm I just love like sleep. Download your personalized lifestyle planning app today from the App Store and go with your Chi Flow Chi Chart, the personalized lifestyle planning app. So, Andrew, I yes. wanted to ask you, with that real drive, it's almost yeah, like fascinating. there was... So, you've got a Yangwood stem. So, you're actually a Yangwood dragon, okay? The Yangwood represents your self-element. Wood represents very much being in your head, okay? It can also represent anger. It's also very, on the flip side, benevolent. It's very kind. Wood's actually very kind, so you had this, or you have this rival element, wood, sitting next to you in a very important spot, which is actually your career next to yourself. Okay. So that kind of means that you probably constantly drive yourself so much harder than you probably, because you're always having to justify that. And then with all your success that you have, it also feeds that rival, which is also the insecurity. Mm. So it's very interesting. Totally, and, and that, that probably nails it. You know, I, I came from a, uh, a hard-working small business family. We didn't have a lot, definitely weren't privileged by any means. And I guess that's always the drive. I didn't want to be in that position when I was in my parents' position of not being able to, to have access to anything that I wanted to. Yeah. So that, that drive, that fear of failure really did push me. It almost came at a cost. And, oh, yeah. you know, doing all these things over the years kind of led me in the direction to, to Wim Hof because I'd heard about him mm. on a podcast with Joe Rogan and I'd read his book at that stage. And I just re- I refused to believe 
because this is the other the other thing. I'd go into people's homes. I'd be in you know, between five hundred and fifty and six hundred homes a year, having conversations with people, and I'd walk into their homes, and, and you got these people who are in their thirties with ten or fifteen prescription medication bottles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that yeah. all for? You know, and and I refuse to believe that we need big pharma to live a healthy long life. I agree. Right. So I, I started to see these these things overlap, where I'd have families move up from Sydney. And I'd be saying, you know, Andrew, can you help us with a, a GP? You know, mum needs a GP, sure. And then I'd speak to them six months later and they'd say, thanks for the recommendation. You know, mum had 15 prescriptions, now she's down to five. I'm like, hang on a second. How can moving, you know, 55 kilometres north, how can that change the prescriptions you required? Well, it's purely because the whole big pharma model is about creating a customer for life. Mm. That's the model. And I'd much rather have a customer for life because they're actually getting something out of it rather than having one pill, which then requires a side effect to happen. So you need a pill for that side effect. Mm -hmm. So when I went and saw Wim, he's like the pinnacle of that. You know, he's done all these extreme events all around the world. He's the only person in history and he's in the Guinness Book of Records for having a marathon above the Arctic Circle in his bare feet and board shorts. It's crazy. Like, he's a nutcase. He's what, a nutter. What was come. a mate, he's, if you could take, dude. like, one thing away from your training with him, what what was it? Power of the breath. Mm. Wow. That is, because mm. I've seen the Wim Hof and I'm really trying very hard to work on my breath. My breathing's never come been a good thing. jump in the ice thing. tank. I know, I was going <laughs> to ask you about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> the other thing is you've chosen a really favourable, so wood actually represents, like, the teaching or also the health. So you're in a great space and you've got the right flow for that. I definitely would like to go and check this out. Mel was saying the cryotherapy is quite hard. She was trying to explain because I said, are you in a chamber? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes. And then when she said three minutes, I sort of thought, well, three minutes, you know, doesn't really sound that long. But when you are in a certain space and you're freezing cold and it's you're not even that you feel that it's, cold at the time. It's more mentally challenging, yes, I think. It, so mm. that could be the longest three minutes of your life. Yeah. When I first boxed, we trained for like two weeks and the, and the coach wouldn't let us in the ring to spar, but I was really keen to get in the spar. And uh, I remember getting the biggest schooling of my life. So I was at the time about 20, 23 or 22, 23, and I would have had 10 years on this kid who was in there and I would have had about 20 kilos. And this guy punched me rotten right around the ring. And that two minutes was the longest two minutes of my life because there was only one way out. It was the bell or get knocked out, right? That's right. And, and I find cryotherapy is very much the same. <laughs> yeah. But it was a great lesson because it, once, once again in that, and it's a good metaphor for life, you know, yeah. is that, you know, you, you never know what you're coming up against. It's unpredictable. And all you can do is prepare the best you can and accept what's in front of you. That's mm. it, you know. And, and when, when you go to the cryotherapy, the same thing happens. You get in there and you don't really know what to expect the first time. So obviously you're anxious like anyone is for the first time. And then when you get in there, it's the mind game because it's not really that cold. Okay, but the mind is tricking you that, geez, oh my God, this is cold. It's three minutes. I'm like, can I make it? Can I make it? And obviously, we guide you through that. And every second, well, it is just, quite just cold. Like, feels like an eternity, I guess. It does. When you're in that anxious state. It does. Three and you did the professional one the other day. So, what's the, what's the, how cold is that again? Uh, that's minus 140 degrees. 
So is that like you step in at one four, minus one forty, or, is, or you, so you don't bring it yep. up to that? It's no. like bang so you there can't acclimatise. You're just no. right in there. Yeah, good. So the, so I don't think you could acclimatise to one forty. Anyway. So the the interesting thing, this particular machine, it comes out of Poland, and uh, you know it uses liquid nitrogen through a heat transfer system. Uh, to cool down the air in the chamber. So liquid nitrogen never comes in contact with the oxygen. It's really mm. important to understand that. I'm glad you're explaining the technical yep. side because my husband well, asked important? me about this. He's a real sceptic of the oh, hyperbaric. God. He challenged my neighbour who was doing the hyperbaric and then I said, you were coming in and he and he was like really sceptical. So tell me more. Well, just on the hyperbaric, before we move off that, I was in a hyperbaric chamber and I did the Wim Hof breathing and I did a breath hold for six and a half minutes. What? All right, so hyperbaric's interesting again because you're yeah. charging yourself full of all this oxygen, you know, and then you can do this Wim Hof breathing, which That's is crazy. automatically charging your body with, with oxygen. And it's crazy what the body can do. And once mm. you experiment with this stuff, because I love hacking all this sort of gear, you know. But back to the cryotherapy, the nitrogen is important and it doesn't come in contact with the oxygen because it's actually toxic. Okay, so if you were to breathe nitrogen, it would be very bad mm. for you. Mm. So there are other cryotherapy chambers, which you may have seen on different mainstream events where the, the head of the person is outside of it and you kind of see all okay. the, the boiling. Which is what know. I'd heard. Yeah, mm. so the reason why the head must be outside is because that's actually nitrogen in there mixed with the oxygen, so mm. toxic, so the head must be out. But the, the, the sad part about that is down the right-hand side of your neck where your jugular is, behind that is the vagus nerve. So you may be familiar with that. So there's a lot of research on vagus nerve now mm. and you know, the links to anxiety. But the, the primary thing that it does is it controls the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. So they're all the parts of the nervous mm. system that you actually have no mental control over. Okay, well, that's the current medical understanding, although Wim Hof is proving that wrong right now. At University of Queensland, I think he's doing all these sorts of tests on that. But the, the main reason why you want to have the exposure to the vagus nerve is so you can actually trigger those healing responses that the body naturally does in a cold environment. So you're going to get an increase in cold shock proteins, which only happen in that environment. You're going to get white blood cells are going to increase. You're going to get changes to your circulation. So you're going to actually have your, your heart rate decrease over the course of the day increase in circulation through your body reduction in cortisol levels which then allows you to have a rise in testosterone like in my case i had a, a huge change in that because the cortisol dropped so there's a number of different benefits that you get from that and now unit is actually tga approved so it's the only type of its you know kind in australia which is tga approved obviously there's many of these units around australia but this is the only one in newcastle Mm. So can you take us through the benefits of the white cells in, in increasing and those other benefits that you were talking about? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot of science on that. So uh, you've got white blood cells and red blood cells, of course, mm. but the, the white blood cells are the ones which kill all the baddies, if that makes sense. Mm. The good thing about that is that if you've got more white blood cells and obviously you've got a, a much stronger immune system, which is what obviously we want, there's also a lot of recent science out that all these different uh, shots which are currently being put out there at the moment for this virus, which can't be named, they actually turn off the T lymphocyte white blood cells in, in your body. So they can actually reduce your immune system in a number of studies. So it's still too early to say, but this could be something long-term, which might actually offer another response to what we're seeing in, you know, in, in daily life at the moment. Mm. Um, but the white blood cells are basically, they're, they're the things that keep you healthy. You know, they clean all the nasties out of your system. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're really, really important. I mean, I've struggled with immune system issues for many years. And when you look at people who have had thyroid issues and adrenal fatigue, you'd understand this. 
because of the secretion of cortisol, as mm-hmm. you were mentioning, and you live in this state, this elevated state all the time, it really impacts your immune system. Absolutely. And your white blood cell count drops and you're always in a state of fighting something. So, yeah, it sounds really interesting. Might need to come and check it out. Look, uh, I, I think if, if you haven't tried it, you should. The main difference, I guess, you know, when, when people are thinking, you know, cold therapy, what is that? You're kind of thinking, you know, that, that day in the middle of winter when you go to the beach and you think it's a great idea to go on the water and then you go, holy crap, this is cold and, you know, about face and get out of there as quick as you can. Well, I don't do that in winter, but I do do it coming up in the summer because it is cold <laughs> yeah. in totally. sort of November, December, the yeah. water, and it's great when you get into the jump I did it recently, yeah. and I actually I dived it. in, and this was probably beginning of November or maybe October even, mm-hmm. and it was so – I expected it to be cold. And you get out and you've but got that tingling feeling. No, 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 so look, that- no, no. I dived in, and it was so cold. I instantly went – couldn't breathe. Took the breath away, and I thought mm-hmm. – I don't know. I don't know that I can do this, but I just thought, no, go with it. Keep swimming, and then of course you warm up, and you get Mm. to this point, and it's amazing. No, because I think I go numb. (laughs) No, because I was swimming, so I was actually warming up and getting to that state of um, acclimatizing. Actually, to you guys are so soft. I'm from Victoria, so I did my bronze at like Portsea, where it's. Bloody yeah, but I was born in out. South Africa. I'm sorry. The water's never as cold. It wasn't when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> what about the training with Wim Hof? Like, what sort of stuff did you do? And how did you get through that? It was a very good experience. At, at the point where I was in my life, I, I guess I was probably thought I was stronger mentally than I was. It was, mm. it was very... So um, a mind over matter thing? Yeah, it's it's humbling. But also, it was. I found it a really beautiful space to be in because everyone that was there was there for their own personal reason, whatever that was. And there was yeah. a lot of common ground with people. But, you know, when you start doing group work like that and you're doing breathing together and then yoga together and then you're doing this, you know, in, insane cold exposures, you know, the longest day we were there, we were we had to break the ice to get in the water. Oh my I've, god! I've seen those videos. What of in the? Getting, yeah. What? So, so we had to break the ice to get in the water. Did you get a little pick or something? And uh, oh my god! No, we threw rocks in from the top. Really? Did yeah. anyone just go no or no? Wow! Because it, by by that day, that was like the fourth or fifth day. So you you built a bond. Mm. You know, it, you know, where I was heading with that was we actually had a tribe. Mm. You know, and, nice. and it's the and it's the first time I've felt like I'd had a tribe wow. you know, since I was in, in the Amazon doing ayahuasca. So it was it was just a really interesting experience. How was that? <laughs> that might be another podcast. <laughs> you are what? Yeah. <laughs> I've done some pretty cool shit. I'm, yeah. really, I'm really lucky. And 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 what what we did on that day, you know, we're breaking the ice to get in the water. And then we're in the water with our heads under and like literally no different to you'd be on the, on the ocean down here at Newcastle. And we're singing and we're, we're hollering and being dicks, you know, just having fun <laughs> because we're just in nature in its purest form and every cell in your body is just firing. Yeah. Mm. You know, like your brain's on yeah. fire and, and, you're, and you're breathing and we're singing and chanting, doing all this sort of stuff. And before you know it, it's 10 minutes. What? And we're in minus two degrees water. <laughs> so, you know, how many times have we been told that, oh, if you fall overboard and it's, you know, you're in there for one minute, you're going to get hypothermia and oh die. It's bullshit. So were you doing the breathing with the 10 minutes as well? Is totally. that all part it's, of it? Yeah. It's the only way you can get mm, through it. And yeah. back, back to what you were saying before was when you dived in the water, it took your breath away. Well, that's what happens with cold water. 
with the cryo chamber it doesn't it kind of flows over you evenly so the expectation you have is that where you're going to get in there and go oh my gosh i'm going to lose my breath and all, it's completely different it flows over you and then you kind of feel the cold set in so you've got time to set up your breathing breathe through it and then obviously have a decent experience well that was because it's a mental state and i mm. always hated cold water it's really interesting so it's only as i've got a little bit older that i've learnt to like the feeling the sensation mm. of getting in because i would only ever go swimming when the water temperature was warm <laughs> so it, it's when i had a margarita in my hand and someone mm, messed my, my toes you do make it sound very easy you yeah, should you should the, be in sales. Well, he was. He was. He's got plenty of practice at funny, that. Funny you should say that. Uh, <laughs> the, the, I don't want to see me cracking ass with Wim Hof <laughs> standing 10 minutes. I think I'd be like, guys. But you know what? Guys. But it wasn't 10 minutes is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, we, we were out there 10 minutes in the water. It's crazy. Got video of it. Can prove it. But uh, the, the, the next day what we did, which was really interesting, was we, we all had to hike to the top of this mountain, which is behind Wim's house, and it's like a ski resort type thing up yeah. there. So it's snowing. It's cold. It's minus two degrees outside, but it's got a wind blowing. So you're probably a minus seven, minus ten wind chill. Yeah. And we're in hiking boots and board shorts. Just and we like walked, he is, like yeah. crazy yeah. And we walked four miles. In this blizzard to the top of the hill, and no one died. I need to come and learn that because. You know, Are I, you going to no, Wim Hof's? No, nah, well, I need to do something like that because I've got the, the the battery in the in the ski boot, heating heating. <laughs> no, you have not. I do. You, I, I cannot believe that. I believe that for Grant the afternoon. Has for the, after, I the afternoon, I put that. the I put the flick the battery on, warm them up, warm them up. Yeah. So You're the best. So is that something that? I could oh, you're ski so without funny. needing, or, or or is that is that in my mind? Yeah, yeah my feet yes get no. really cold now. You say that as well, skiing. <laughs> but you haven't invested in always, the batteries. Big fan of the batteries. And but. also, I always think I don't have the good enough mittens. The more you spend on the mittens, the better it is. Oh, I've got the mittens. <laughs> It, You'd have the best mittens. I think it's a combination. You <laughs> so need a mitten upgrade. The mic, the mic, the mic, <laughs> Stuff wing, the mic wiggly mittens. <laughs> More mittens. Going to spend a thousand dollars on my mittens. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's a combination. To be truthful, like my personal experience with with Wim Hof was different to others. So in my past, I did a lot of boxing and I've done a lot of road running and mm. played footy and all those things. And not that I thought I was carrying any injuries, but what the cold does is the cold brings them out, right? Yes. So because of the, the, the tiny, you know, muscular, you know, changes in your fingers over years, hitting bags and hitting people, yeah. then, you know, you don't realise you got damaged, but as soon as you get exposed to extreme cold, then you felt that. So right. because we're doing extreme things with him, nothing like what you'd do with us, but because we're doing extreme things and that was the whole point of it was to show you exactly how far you can really go in life, I actually had hands that were numb for two months afterwards. And I was at the point, I was worried. I'm like, shit, I can't play my guitar. I, you know, I can't really feel my face with these fingers. <laughs> Wim, what have you done to me? I can't feel Man. my face when I'm Man, with Wim Hof, but exactly. I love it. <laughs> I was worried. I won't, I won't lie. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And I stayed in constant contact with, with Wim and his team, and they were very helpful. But ultimately, what caused that was the, the tissue damage in my extremities, my feet from all the running over the years and footy mm -hmm. and all those mm -hmm. things, and my hands from all the impact damage, right? But now 
I don't have any of those issues. Wow. Because what happens is that the reason why it was sore was all those tiny little muscles which are around your veins and capillaries. So when your, your vagus nerve kicks in and goes, holy crap, we're dying, and starts to squeeze all those muscles to push the blood into your trunk so you actually survive, mm. that's what was you know, the pain, was those muscles hadn't been used. So now, because I've been doing cryotherapy for quite a long time now, I get in there, I can get in there without gloves. I, I don't because I've set an example for our people that are there, but I can do it without gloves. I can do it without socks if I wanted to. My feet don't hurt anymore. My hands don't hurt anymore. So over time, you get like a muscle memory and the muscles get stronger mm. and they do the job even better over time. Mm. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. Let our chi guide you. Follow Chi Chart on Facebook and Instagram. Andrew's chicha. So I've already given you little snippets. She said you might be a bit distracted by you because your energy's collided. Well, actually, you and I, we have the synchronicity. (laughs) I would agree with that. Mm. (laughs) And I'm trying to work you out. Reading you. You've got the same day pillar as my second husband. Oh, second. Second. What did you do to him? (laughs) She left him. She set him free. (laughs) Um... That's a terrible <laughs> thing to say, Jacko. I'll take it. I love that. And, and I'm sorry you said that. To I'll you. be your Please fifth husband, again. babe. What number are you up to? I'm up to Isn't number that? three. Do we call her Elizabeth from here on in? <laughs> so, interestingly, okay, you have also got this, a birth chart of somebody else I know who's got an identical chart to you. Ooh. Very so, interesting. And we also got along very well, might okay. I say. Obviously, he's your age. However, your flow. You have a full combination, like I said before, which is very lucky. It's very fortunate to have a full three harmony combination. So break it down for me. Break it down for me. So in the Chinese philosophy, there's the five elements. Do we need to go? So so a bit like. Can you turn out the lights when you're (laughs) ready? Thanks, guys. And we need water. We need water. I've got water. She won't let me put mine on my desk. Maybe some moisturiser. <laughs> Too soon to say. I've got water, don't worry. And moisturiser, Oh, we are set. <laughs> Can you just bring us some Uber Eats and, well, I don't know. Some oil. Time we now? A little bit of body oil. a couple of hours. <laughs> Finish the bloody chart. Danker rub. Lots of danker rub. So you are very fortunate because you not only have the dragon and the rat, like I do, right? You've also got the monkey. Mm. So you've got that beautiful flow from now till the rest of your life. <laughs> That's right. awesome news. Uh-huh. And because you're a Yang Wood person, <laughs> that water nourishes you. That's your resource. So in the Chinese five element theory, you've got wood. Wood produces fire. Fire produces earth. Earth produces metal. Metal produces water. And then water produces wood again. So it's a continuous cycle of production or destruction. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so fire is put out by water. Mm-hmm. Um, when you say continuous destruction or continuous or cycle of production, so if you're going in the or opposite direction, the opposite is reduction or destruction. Yeah. Oh, true. So, so a controlling cycle or a productive cycle. Okay. Okay. So every- I don't understand. So if you're you're producing, that's fine. But if you you're going against that production, you're depends what kind of a flow you have in your chart okay Okay. so when you look at your chart you've got Mm. as i explained you've got that rival element on your month and then you've got the water that's actually feeding yourself your day stem and as well as feeding that rival so what are the what are the rival elements 
Well, he's Yang Wood. Yeah. So he's got another Yang Wood on his month. Yeah. So it kind of, in a way, it can be a really and good thing. And what's that arrival the way, against? Well, it's him. It's something competing with him. That's himself. And also because okay. you've got the Yang Wood, which represents wood element as well as, you know, health, teaching, education. It can represent benevolence, but also anger. So... At times, you have probably really been, as I said, a lot in your head. It mm. represents the head. So if you weren't doing what you're doing and being, you know, productive, then there are times that you could probably have too much resource, which mm. means water is also emotion. So all those emotions inside of you could just become too much. Totally. Yeah. Mm. So it's really good that you're in touch with this. You're aware. And he's you're doing actually, the production. Yeah. Mm. Like you're, you're really into it. And the whole vagus nerve thing, understanding mm. how stress, emotional stress, all of those kinds of things affect us mm. as people. Because somebody with a chart like yours potentially could have mental health issues, you know, if they didn't know and work to release that, to actually... And be um, centred. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You know, when I sold my business and decided to you know, quit real estate and I went overseas, one of the first things I did, I went to Tel Aviv and I did a, a hand-to-hand combat course with the guys that teach the um, Israeli military. So for a whole week, I was just in my body, which was really interesting tapping into what you just say then because what I've had to work on over the last year, year and a bit is more of the feeling rather than the thinking. Mm. That's it. Mm. That's it. And those, the, so water is all emotion. You've got so much water going on in your chart. You actually entered Yang Earth when you were 40. Okay. Now, for a Yang wood person, the earth element is money, right? Now, I would think that this could work two ways. So, your flow is water, earth controls water. So, the earth, because it's the wealth element, could actually potentially bring out that rival even more to fight over the wealth however i think that earth is actually helping to control some of that water Mm. so this is from 40 to 45 would you agree that that earth has actually been since you entered say 40 and this is in the absence this is in the big picture without say the monthly influence or the annual influence so what what's the question the question is earth controls water you've got a lot of water in your chart and earth to a yang wood day stem like yours also represents wealth we can go okay that wealth element is bad for you because it controls your favorable resource element however you've got the rival there right and you've got lots of this water which is all emotions so it could either i'm asking you it could either go one way or the other, that period that you entered at age 40 could be a tougher, more challenging period emotionally, or it could also mean that you're learning to harness your emotions better. I think um, 40 started the period of harnessing emotions better because okay. I, my 40th birthday present to myself was the ayahuasca in the Amazon. Mm. There you go. And, and also that kind that, of started that process. That period. So that's, that's also wealth element for you. All right. So it'll be very interesting to see how that pans out, whether the wealth from 40 to 45 is really favourable, like there's money, there's not a struggle with money, or whether it's more of a challenge. Mm. But wealth can also mean... Abundance in lots of things. But wealthy as an individual, mm. so you grow as yeah, an individual. It can, and, and, and it sounds like 
you become yeah. more centered so the fight in the head which i find it interesting you talked about you'd be talking to somebody and you're eliminating a word out of your process mm. yeah. like that's in your head as you're to, as you're in your sales process mm. yep. to actually eliminate eliminate a word to get it down to that level like yeah. that's that that is just i mean how did you stay present with the individual so it was almost as if there was a constant battle going on for you. Yeah, we've got fifteen personalities. <laughs> well, no, but that's all right. That's pillar. sitting in True. the seat of consciousness as well. So that's a display of sitting in the seat of consciousness and being able to observe a reaction, which is ultimately beneficial. So what at forty did you say? Okay, I'm thinking about taking a different direction. Or what was the catalyst for you to, to change your course? So I had a, a fairly significant event happen in my life, and I went to the Amazon. Um, because ayahuasca kept calling me. And does everyone know what that no, is? No, can you explain I've that? Heard of that it now? Yeah. And I can't remember so what it is now. I had a, a situation where a person very close to me suicided and it, it took me in a different direction. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this ayahuasca thing kept coming up. I'm like, what the hell is this? Never heard of it before. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I knew a fair bit about stuff. Anyhow, it's a psychedelic. It's used as a medicine in the Amazon by the, the Indian tribes that are there. So historically, it's it's been used for you know, millennia, as far as I know. Once the Spanish came into South America and, and you had the, all the Catholics and all that stuff, um, well, obviously it was demonized. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And now it's only just starting, you know, to be accepted by the natives there again because the, they've had such a, a bad, you know, experience with it and told how evil it is, you know. So this came into my awareness and it was everywhere all the bloody time. And what they actually believe Isn't is- that funny how things show up for you all the time? In, in regards to the universe when yeah. it wants you to follow mm. a path. Well, it's, it's like, it's like <laughs> it's the saying, funny, you know, when the yeah. student's ready, the teacher appears. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. And, yeah. and that's kind of mm. what happened. It kind of just came out of nowhere and then I looked into it. And, and when you look into what, what the, the Indians that use this medicine um, say it does, they, they believe that all illness comes from emotions that you haven't processed. Yeah, so we were talking mm. about, we, we talked about, about that as well too. in terms yeah. of block samskara yeah. and how... If that shows up for you, like your entire lifetime towards, you know, your later years, you can just block yourself from taking on energy from the universe, and then one hundred percent in, yep, one hundred percent. And and what in I blockage. what I felt uh, because of that event, I felt like I'd obviously shut myself off from mm. a lot of things, and and I went there with the intention to heal my heart, and I went there with that intention, and I won't go into the specific details of, mm. of what happens there, but it was the most terrifying but also the most beautiful thing i've ever done in my life yeah and and you see every element of evil that you thought you may or may not have in you all of your shadow selves you can see past life things that sort of stuff in my particular experience there i got to see a lot of the past a lot of the present how it all interacted and also a lot of the future which is still taking place but one of the things which came up there was ego death and my whole life had been built around it wealth which really, is what you're really tapped interesting mm. because before i met you and i looked at your chart i mentioned something to grant about you you could be a narcissistic type person yeah, possibly. right yeah. and it's really interesting that you have done so much work congratulations number Thank one you. Mm. and you can see earlier on from about <coughs> 25 to 30 you were just obsessed really driven yeah. and that was also like a, a fire water clash Okay, so that would have been this constant, you know, any sort of elemental clash, but a fire water clash is is really hard. So this journey of yours is really interesting. You got 
from about 35 when you entered wood which was another rival element things would have started probably escalating yeah right and so this journey that you're going on i just say congratulations again <laughs> because i Thank just you. love meeting men who are just committed to growth but i've seen totally. so much damage and so and and we talk grant and i talk a lot about people who've just been stuck mm. their whole lives and the, the really unfortunate thing is it doesn't just affect them. It affects all of the people around them. Totally. You know? So to actually spend a little bit more time on yourself, you end up creating a better world because you how you behave rubs off on everybody else. Well, you know, I, I guess what I, what I learned along this journey too is my partner had a son. So I've got Joshua who's 24 now and he's, you know, a little boy, six foot, whatever. But when he first came into my life, he was like six years old. Yeah. You know, and, and from a from a, a broken family, you, you start to realise as a man, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I was in my, in my 20s at that stage, but you start to realise as a man, the influence you have on the next generation. Mm-hmm. And whilst Josh wasn't my son, you know, he was my son. You know, I chose to join well, my, this world. My, my stepfather was a father to me. Yeah. And he was a significant influence in my life. Mm. And he's still with me today. I think yeah. about him all the time. Yeah. And, you know, when I was doing boxing, I'd be in the boxing gym and we'd have all these kids coming from school, you know, teenagers, and they're getting bullied, different backgrounds, rich, poor. It didn't, didn't really matter. But everyone was there. It was a real leveller. You know, once you got yeah. in the ring, it just, it is. You got three minutes and the bell goes and you either walk out or you get dragged out. Pretty simple stuff. But building these, the character of these kids as they came from children into adulthood was something which I got to witness that. And, you know, through my business, I was able to start a, a junior soccer club, a junior football club, and, and give kids a place where they could actually have an outlet for sport and that team building. So I was aware from a very early age, once I met Josh, how important it was, you know, for growth and then, you know, a, a man's role within that. And, mm. you know, it's a, it's a different stat, but if you look at the amount of incarcerated people in jails in America, over 80% of them come from fatherless homes. I know. Mm. I'm like, that's so a aware terrible of that. stat. Mm. It is. It's awful. So I'm not sure what the stats are here, but I'd imagine it's very similar. Mm. But, you know, one of those things is, you know, we, we need to be leaders for the next generation and for our current generation and role models. And I guess, you know, looking at the chart there from the 30s to the 40, from that 30 to the 40 bracket, for me, that was all about growth wealth-wise, monetarily, and now post 40, it's growth spiritually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other things like what you were saying before, Jacko, it's not so much about the money, it's the other things. You know, it's family, it's knowledge, it's experience, it's all those other things, the networks. Yeah, totally. So whilst I'm financially, I'm comfortable, I'm happy with that, you know, the, the Cryo King business, it will be a success because there's no one else doing it and there's a real need for it. It's a very niche thing and these, this conversation we're having today, these are the conversations we have every bloody day for anyone that comes in because I'll talk about anything. I don't give a crap. And I'm pretty lucky that <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty lucky that I'm well read. I'm well travelled. I am at the stage now where I'm open to different things and whatnot. So I just enjoy chatting with people. That's a connection, mm. you know, and that's where you talk about that really coming to terms with the ego or losing that mm. ego. When you suddenly do that, you actually do embrace people, con- yeah. connect with people and appreciate people because you're not trying to compete anymore or, pr- or prove yourself. No. And, you know, in, in that real estate world or high-performance real estate world, man, it's about 
It's about the clothes you wear, the watch you wear, the car you drive, how many deals you're putting together, what commission you're in. And look, that's all fun at that point in your life. I was kicking some goals, but really. It doesn't define you. Real estate agents are wankers. <laughs> like I was one of them, you know, and, and it, it takes a lot for me to say that because people look up to me still in that industry, but, you know, I'm, I'm honest enough to say that I was a real estate wanker. You, know, you get got, caught up in the ego. I've got a little but relationship. An, I'm, I'm, I'm an accountant and I'm a wanker too. Don't worry, I so, was a radio host yeah. wanker. <laughs> well, I've, now you're I've, a podcast wanker. I'd love you to talk to the little real estate agent that I've got a little relationship with at the moment, not in that way. But oh. he, he's been stalking me for ages because property's so, you know, through the roof. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to give him a go because he's been so persistent. But we said, look, we're not going to go on market because he said, well, we'll bring some buyers through and we'll get an idea and, and then you can decide whether you want to go, you know, mm-hmm. on market. Of course, you've got to sign this contract first. So, he locks mm-hmm. you in straight away. It's like if someone that. gives you a little bit of hair on and you go, okay, and then next minute. Just the but, tip. But he doesn't realise I'm not that naive, you know, like, and we don't next care. Minute, we don't actually need later, to sell it. So, he's just been ringing me all the time. I've got, you know, the one lady that's really interested and I said, look. We don't. Ha- I said unless we get an absolutely ridiculous offer. That's We're true. Everyone's selling. got a price, I guess. Don't you they? know, I've got a price. I didn't really. I wasn't motivated to go on market. Mm-hmm. And is this a real like, estate podcast? What actually happened? Well, true. Okay. All right. We can change go, the subject. We can go no, but there might be a but point. I, I was the point. Wait is, around for it. The point is, <laughs> he needs I, guidance. He needs guidance. You oh, know. Totally. And my son-in-law <laughs> works in that area in Sydney. Okay, mm-hmm. and he basically said. He does not know what – he is so naive. He's got absolutely no idea. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give him a go. I, I, but he's going to learn. Benefit. And you know but what? He like somebody I, like you, a mentor that can actually yeah. show him how. <laughs> totally. He doesn't yeah. want to do real to estate do it. anymore. No, but he could teach. He could give <laughs> he support. Want to do yeah, I, I still coach. I still do this yeah. stuff for people. Okay. Yeah, and, and I've always done it for free because, you know what, there was really important people in my life who gave me the time to share a coffee – and mm, one true. conversation mm. changed my career. Mm. Like it, it literally, there's this one fellow. Lots of people ask me for my time. I should be more forgiving. You give <laughs> well, it to I him instead of sitting in my stink Again, dead. we talk about making Go the world the a better place. Tank. Totally. Like there was one, mm. there's one guy, and I'll name him. He's still in the game. Jason Boone. He's a lovely fellow. I consider him a friend. He Boone. works in the Potts Point Marketplace. So like mm. the marketplace in Australian real estate. He gave me some time one day. I bought him a coffee. You know, I had to drive from the Central Coast down to meet him at 5.30 wow. down in, you know, in Potts Point. And, you know, people might think that's a sacrifice, but that, that was nothing to no me. Way. Small investment. Yeah. And, and literally, I laid out my situation, what I was doing and everything. And I said, what should I do? And he said, get an assistant. I said, all right. Hmm. Well, what do I get him to do? And he says, all the shit you don't want to do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's simple. And he goes, yeah, write down a shit not to do list. That's it. <laughs> That's so cool. That's great. And you know what? Yeah, it's good. In nine months, I doubled my income. Oh, my God. That was a $3.50 latte. Mm. So Mm. I've never – I'm – if I'm the smartest person in the room, I change rooms and I've I've spent a lot of time, you know, What are you doing in this room? (laughs) Well, I've done all the talking, so it's too soon to know. But, you know (laughs) – I, I've, I've travelled a lot. I've been I've been to the best real estate yeah. office in in New York. I've been to the best real estate office in in France. You know, and and all over Australia with all the key people, and they gave me their time. So when I hear a story like what you're telling me about, like 
one conversation with me could change the course of his career from mm. being someone who has a lot of potential but burns out and then pisses off in two or three years. And if he's got a really good heart, we need those people. True. Because it's very mm. easy to get caught up in the money and mm. the ego and then you start doing shit for the wrong reasons mm. and then that's not for the client. And yeah. then real estate agents get a bad name. And if he wants to do a good job, that's good. Totally. Well, I think he's he is naive, and I've just said, and I keep having. Maybe to you're asking back. prices too high. We don't no, need it's to. No, because I don't need to sell. It's like he. Yeah. I gave him the opportunity. I, I, as Grant loves to use this term, which is I held space for him. Yeah. And that's what he wanted. I didn't have to go beyond that. I don't need to sell that. But if somebody comes in, like he was saying, he's got all these buyers. I don't think he had all those buyers. Yeah. So isn't his integrity being tested mm. there? So, well, you've you got to look at it from this point of view, right? So when you come into real estate, it's all performance driven. Mm. So you've got to get stock. If you don't get stocked, you've got nothing to sell, mm. so you've got no one to talk to. You've got yeah. to have someone to talk to. It's like mm. a, you know, a, a rolling stone gathers no moss. You've yeah. got, got to have the stone, and then you've got to push it and get it rolling, and then you get momentum. So yeah. once you get your first house, mm. well, then you've got an open home. Once you've got an open home, you've got people to talk to, and then out of the people mm. that you're talking to, maybe 10% of them own property. So mm. then you've got 10% of people mm. in the pipeline that maybe in 10 years' mm. time they might actually sell with you. So you've got to have a start. And the other thing is as well, I think, especially coming from – like a law background, you know, all that sort of stuff where you get very good at talking. That was my profession. There's a lot of people out there who I can say this to who would be, you know, bang up in this space. You can start to believe your own bullshit. Totally. And I feel like that is very dangerous and so many people out there do it, especially really successful people, you know, and you, 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 especially when you get higher up on the chain and you own like a company worth like a lot or whatever, you surround yourself by yes yep. people. No one wants to call you out of your bullshit to start with. But They're not going to go that's, near that, it. Yeah. That's all short-term stuff. As you point yeah. out and you hone in, yeah. you said in 10 years' time, yeah. like it's actually yeah. the long yeah, exactly. That pays off. And you need to. Like, that's what Andrew said that he wanted to, you know, get in touch with hmm. himself. So, the, I, yeah. I had a conversation with a, uh, with a well-known agent in town who I'm friends with. She actually comes to the, the Cryo King as well. She's got a, a, a person working for her and she's like, oh, you know, let's do some coaching or whatever. I said, just throw him on the phone. And the first question I asked him was, is Newcastle where you want to end up? And he said, oh, yeah, but he didn't have too much conviction. Mm. So I said, no, answer me. Is Newcastle the place you want to end up? And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, good, because it's a long-term business. Mm. You need to start where you All end up in real estate. Business. But especially with real estate, right, because you need to start where you want to end up mm. because you're dealing face-to-face with the people in maybe it's Cooks Hill is the patch you want to specialise mm. in or Newcastle or maybe it's Marriott, whatever it is, you're going to have a 20-, 30-year outlook because – in these blue chip suburbs, I guess it's probably fair to say, the turnover rate's much lower than if you were, say, out at Wall's End. Mm. So Wall's End, you've got a lot of newlyweds in there. You've got a lot of investors in there. So the stock turns quicker, so you can make money through repeat and multiple business shorter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yet, you know, how often do the big houses in Merriweather sell? Maybe once every 10 years. So mm. the churn rate's much longer, in which case... Well, it could be a generational be sale. Totally generational. Mm. You know, and you've got to have those relationships when... You just nailed it. It's mm. the relationship. The relationship. Relationships take time. 
you know mm-hmm. so that's why i said to him start where you want to end up and once we got that out of the way it's like, all right now let's move into the next step but ultimately you know i'd love to have a chat with, with this man like mm-hmm. i'm, I'm happy, actually happy to have a chat with him. to reach out to you you know we don't have to mention him i here think on the he podcast, needs support but uh you know maybe we <laughs> yeah. can set up some sort of incentive scheme when mm-hmm. he gets the sale i get a 20 percent i don't know Chat by Chat, rate and review wherever you listen. Like us? Give us a five-star energy rating wherever you listen. Chat by Chat.